This is the Scripture Union Northern Ireland podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Phil Hoy, and with me is my co-host, Ruth Dalzell. Welcome to episode four of this season of the podcast. This season, we are looking at ways to help people in their personal walk with God in relation to Bible reading and prayer. And so far, if you've been listening, we've interviewed you, Ruth, mm-hmm. uh, as well as our channel director, Damien, and our intern, Heidi. So feel free to check out the back catalogue wherever you get your podcasts. But today, we're delighted to bring you Rick Hill. Um, and we're surrounded by lots of boxes because we are moving offices from 157 Alridge Road uh, to Beach Hill Industrial Park. And so uh, we'll be glad whenever that's actually officially finished. Um, but instead of us introducing you to Rick, he's going to introduce himself. Welcome, Rick. Um, so can you tell these lovely folks listening a little bit about yourself as well as what connections you have with Scripture Union Northern Ireland? Sure, it's good to be joining you today and, and chatting to you both, uh, Ruth and Phil. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, in terms of who I am, I'm Rick, I'm married to Sarah. We live uh, with two little boys, uh, Noah and Micah. They're eight and four and there's another uh, child on the way quite soon as well. And we live near Ballyclare. Um, I'm an elder and a member of Carnmoney Presbyterian Church and uh, for the last seven years I've been working for the Presbyterian Church in Ireland um, and before that I've come from a background of youth ministry and a background in scripture union so I was involved in youth ministry for about a decade some of that time was with Carnmoney as their youth worker and then before that I was an SU schools worker for five years and that was my first job kind of out of Bible college out of ministry I sort of first job in ministry um, straight out of Bible college and um, yeah, I loved I loved doing that role um, before Phil came and took over from me, you know. And uh, uh, but thanks for moving on. Really appreciate that. Yeah, no problem. Happy to open up opportunities for others. Um, but you know, SU's kind of blood as well. I volunteered um, at SU missions and been on SISM um, uh, long before that when I was sixteen or seventeen. I'll probably talk about that a little bit later as well, just in terms of how that maybe influenced me as well. But. Um, and led the SU group in the school as well. So lots of connection to SU in, 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 so, in many ways. And you're on our SU council as well. I am. I should have mentioned that actually. <laughs> yes, that's, uh, yeah, for the last, I don't know, maybe nine, ten years I've, I've been serving um, on, on SU council. And that's been a privilege. You just get to see a bit of a bigger picture of, of SU. And um, I suppose you're involved in some decision making. But really, for, for me, it's been a privilege to see the staff really. Well, SU has expanded and grown in that time in terms of staff members and um, and, and yeah, the, the amount of things that we do in, in the E3 areas and all of that. So yeah, that's a big privilege to, to serve in that way. Well, thank you to you and Council and thank you for you being here. Um, well, let's get into it. Um, when and how did you become a Christian? Yep, um, so love that question. Uh, I think I'd probably tell this a bit differently now than I did a decade ago, I think if you'd have asked me this 10 years ago, I would have talked about how maybe I was rebellious as a teenager, you know, and uh, knew lots about God in my head, didn't know about him, didn't know him in my heart. And at the age of 16 came to a moment, a realisation that um, I, I was living life in a way that wasn't pleasing to God and I wanted to involve and include Jesus in my life. and. Um, and asked him to, to, to come into my heart and into my life at um, age 16. I actually had a, a Christian youth event in a church just not too far from where I grew up. That, that's probably the story I would have told, but I think now, looking back, I realise just how much spiritual formation had taken place in my heart and in my life before that point. And, and actually, and I realise, you know, right from the earliest point, um, through the influence mainly of my parents and with the church family that they that they attended and, and that I grew up in, 
uh, I realised just how much I was shaped and influenced um, in terms of the things of God from a, from a young age. Uh, you know, right from getting my first set of Bible reading notes, Scripture Union Bible reading notes, actually aged. I think it was P five. You know, I can remember. You know, uh, uh, you know, getting that and, and being. You know, the Bible was opened regularly in our home. Um, a lot of people talk about how the church often brought their parents away from their family. I would actually say the opposite in my story. That actually, in some ways my parents brought the church into our home because I can remember my dad and mum both led in different areas in, in the life of our church and so there was lots of like leadership team meetings in, in our home you know through the week and I can remember you know being put to bed and then hearing the, hearing the conversation sneaking down the stairs and you know usually trying to hang around for some sort of supper that was you know maybe was being provided and seeing the laughs and the relationship and all of that and I think I just grew up in the environment of church and faith in, around, in and around my our, our home in and around my life and um so yeah i think and so the the the, the moment that i talk about now age 16 for me was a defining moment for sure but it was a defining moment where i decided i'm going to follow jesus deliberately and purposefully um and and i'm perhaps you know make a change of you know direction in terms of my intention but now looking back as I say I just realise you know how much spiritual formation had happened for me. And I think there's uh, something about that in Northern Ireland isn't there where we kind of want a date or a, a year yeah. that we can point to and I think it's because we want the, the Paul conversion story, we want the dramatic but actually a lot of our stories are probably more like Peter's where it's like you are the Christ and then immediately we get it wrong and we, we continue to learn and grow. Um, yeah, it's really interesting. Thank you. It's that Eugene Peterson phrase, you know, long obedience in the same direction. And mm. I wouldn't say I was, <laughs> I was totally obedient throughout all those years, but there was a kind of long trajectory of, um, well, maybe obedience actually on the part of my parents, actually, in terms of, you know, moments where I'm saying, I, I don't want to go to church, you know, in, in young teenage years, but actually being encouraged, let's say, to continue to be part of that and not really giving me the option to opt out too early yeah. as well. So, um, yeah, that that's been sort of kind of crucial in my story, and I suppose from that moment then, of you know that that moment that I talk about age sixteen, then actually I find myself very much in opportunities where you know of Christian community, of you know youth fellowship, of Scripture Union school, of leadership, of, of mission, of those types of things, and then I think they became the kind of catalyst for growth then at that time. And there might be some people who are listening to that, and they maybe. Um, can relate to all of those things maybe when they were younger and, and they had those experiences maybe at church and, and Sunday school or, or different youth organisations and whatever um, but obviously you've gone, gone on and grown with that so why are you still a Christian today? Yeah I think I guess, I guess the right answer for this is because I've been held by God you know there's nothing you know in the same way that I did nothing to receive his grace I'm still a Christian today, not due to anything that I've done that is special or significant, but because of his continuing grace. Um, so, a bit like that song, you know, he will hold me fast. I think I'm still a Christian today because I am and have been held by God. Um, however, on the other side of that, and, and I think both of these things are true, I think I would also want to say I'm still following and pursuing Jesus today because I see no other way to live. So for me, first of all, almost in a rational sense, the biblical worldview and Jesus makes sense to me. It makes sense. Um, and that is how I understand 
life through through that lens. But also, I think, and, and there's a slight danger in this as you kind of, you know, have been involved in Christian ministry now for almost two decades, and as you kind of grow up through faith in the church, you know, it's so easy to lose sight of this. But I, I still love Jesus, and I think I love him more than ever and I'm still captivated by his beauty and grace and in awe of who God is and you know more aware I think today than I have been before of the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit in and around me and my life so as I look at Jesus I just see no other way to live you know there's no other blueprint there's no blueprint actually I'd, I'd prefer or I don't look around at others and think well if, if I could you know if I could have that life that, that would be great so um, yeah, why am I a Christian today? I think because I've been held and also because I see no other way. And maybe as well, there's probably two things that have been critical influences in helping me to not necessarily still be a Christian today, but to grow and to actively pursue growth in my life. And there are two words there, involvement and influence. And so involvement in, I hinted at it earlier on, you know, involvement in service opportunities or involvement in the local church, involvement in missional things have probably given me a context or environment where it sparked growth. And I think that has helped me to, you know, continue to pursue Jesus and, and to, to learn to model him more. And then the influence of other leaders as well, um, or, or other just Christian role models who have been an example to me. I think I've, I've looked at their life or been around lots of other people who just modeled Jesus really well to me. And because of that, then I think that has helped me to grow in Jesus as well. So, yeah. What you were sharing earlier actually reminded me of John 6 where, you know, Jesus says to the disciples, are you going to leave as well? Because some other people were and um, they're like, well, where else will we go? You know, you're the one who, you give the words of eternal life, you are the Holy One from God, you know, and yeah, I love that. Um, a scripture union, we believe that God speaks um, and he speaks through his word and the power of his spirit to reveal the person of his son, Jesus. And so we want to encourage Bible reading for all ages and stages. So Rick, for you, you've kind of touched on kind of Bible reading at a young age uh, with actually Bible reading notes, but how has Bible reading impacted your journey of faith? Yeah, it's actually, I think it's tempting for people to answer this question. I, I hear often in a negative way, oh, I don't read the Bible enough. Um, for me, actually, Bible reading is probably the spiritual discipline that comes most naturally to me. I'm going to be get on to others <laughs> that aren't so natural <laughs> in a moment, so don't, don't feel that I'm, I'm here saying that I have it sorted or nailed. So I enjoy reading. Um, so there's that side to things. Um, but there's nothing that's shaped me more in my Christian life than... Uh, than the reading of scripture it's given me a profound awe and, and wonder of God's power and, and that's I mean the question is how has Bible reading impacted my journey of faith so I can remember especially maybe in the early days of reading the Bible just this kind of awe of God maybe through lots of the Old Testament pictures and passages of God as holy and God as powerful and, and right from creation to how he's kind of leading the Israelites through the, the desert and into the promised land and those kind of almost some of those psalms that just speak of his might so you know from that dimension but also I think it shaped my worldview and understanding of how the world fits together so some of the maybe the big uh, you know big cornerstone pieces of, of, of the Bible as well and it's captivated, captivated me with that kind of broad sweep of creation, fall, redemption restoration and then I can remember going through a, a time in my life probably as a student where I just was you know, literally just read the Gospels lots and lots to find out more about, you know, we used to wear those, you know, little bracelets, WWJV, but I can remember being challenged, actually, someone said, well, you know, to, to 
do what Jesus did, you need to become familiar with how he actually lived. And, and so I can remember, you know, taking time, particularly in those, you know, years to really study, read what what did Jesus do? How did how did he act? What did he say? You know, how did he live? And, and trying to learn from that as well. And I think there's been moments where the Bible has directed my life or helped me to decide things in my life back you know, I, I don't really use it as probably a guidance manual. It's mm-hmm. been much more of a just a discovery and a revelation of of who God is and it's really revealed that to me, not in a kind of cliche Sunday school Jesus y version, <laughs> but in a you know, showing his compassion as human humanity too, his wisdom, his upside down kingdom, his challenge of the authorities, um as well. So um, maybe as well, just the sort of how has the Bible shaped me or impacted me, I would want to say it hasn't just been an individual reading of the Bible. Mm-hmm. So it's actually been in doing that with others and that has shaped me sort of profoundly. So maybe we answer that question simply in you know, how we read the Bible alone. But for me, there's no doubt I've been significantly shaped through the preaching of God's Word and the two churches I've been part of uh, or belong to. And, and that's really, you know, God has used the Bible, you know, for the Holy Spirit really to impact and, and highlight certain things at different points in my life. Um, so there's that kind, of, that kind of word and spirit mix that's been really at work and at play in my life as well. And maybe also small groups have been key in that too, of just listening to the wisdom of others or the insights of others and really wrestling with the Bible passage and talking about how we actually walk it out as well. Um, so yeah, those are some of the ways that the Bible's impacted me. And in all that time when you've been reading, and, and it's great that you love to read, <laughs> so for some people it's a real block, reading, but it's great that you enjoy it so much. Have there been any passages then that you keep coming back to, or, or they keep coming up or crop back up like time and time again, and, and you keep coming back to particular passages or particular verses throughout your your journey? Yeah, the the book that I keep coming back to is the book of Acts. It's, that, it, it's without doubt my favourite book in the Bible, and I've probably read it dozens of times, now there's there's possibly a challenge there about you know you can often return to the favorite parts easily mm-hmm. and then there's other parts that I haven't you know perhaps but I have read other some of the other 65 books I promise <laughs> but you know the book of acts is something that is you know I just it's you know see God's power this sort of sheer dynamism of the story the, the amount of activity and fills me with fresh faith and you know just interestingly maybe the challenge I know I shared the positive of my bible reading journey but the challenge for me in the last couple of years has been this realization or challenge to make sure that the Bible is part of our home life too, and, and particularly with our boys. And um, and actually, yeah, I mean, it, it was it was interesting because I bought Noah, who's our eldest boy, um, I bought him like a fifty-two week devotion book last year, and um, I was showing it to him just the first time when I'm going to give it to him, and I was showing it sort of this is how it works and this is what you do. And, and I said, you know, sometimes it helps to have a devotional book, I guess, to help you read, to help me read the Bible every day. And he looked at me and says, but I don't see you reading the Bible every day, which mm-hmm. was an interesting thing to hear from your son. And uh, it's actually not because I don't read the Bible every day. <laughs> but Just to clarify, yeah. Kind of. You know, well, it did make me reflect that first, but actually it, it made me realize that sometimes a lot of the times where I read the Bible, it's it's when it's not visible to him. Mm, yeah. Okay and you know late at night early in the morning whatever actually not so much early in the morning I have to be honest about that but late <laughs> at night or you know in, in kind of a closed door office and you know yeah. situation or something like that and I realised so the challenge for me was I, I want to make the Bible more visible to 
to know and I, you know we do read it with him but to, to do that more regularly and so I bought actually a little book called da- Diary of a Disciple and it's the, the book of Acts mm-hmm. you know through a kid's lens and I read that with Noah and it was interesting just re- returning to a book that I do feel I'm quite familiar with but being able to read it through a slightly different lens with him you know one chapter a night but you know it took us just over a month and um it was, it was kind of amazing to do that so that that's been so that's a long answer to say acts i think there's some verses some passages i've kept coming back to so the story of caleb for me i kind of want to have that oh sorry the, the spies the passage of caleb and joshua and the land i kind of want to have a caleb like spirit so at times i've returned to that or that's been quite significant and read that this life. morning actually did you <laughs> yeah. okay yeah. Great. great and uh first thessalonians 2 verse 8 is probably one of my favorite verses in the Bible, that sort of idea of Paul saying, because we love you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. And so for me, that's been a constant refrain, maybe in the last 10 years of sharing, not just the gospel, but sharing my life with others. And then maybe just recently, I think I've been drawn to stories like Nehemiah, Ezra, Daniel, Jeremiah is probably included in that. Because of the times we live in, or? Yeah, yeah, that that sort of idea of exile, really. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like that that is possibly our more dominant reality as Christians today. And, or, and so I think there's lots to learn from those characters, those stories. And, and so that's where I've been finding myself more recently. And moving on from Bible reading to prayer, how has prayer impacted your, your journey of faith right up until the present time? Yeah, so this probably isn't as you know a, a, a positive picture in some ways as the Bible is, and I don't know whether you know there are some people who are prayer people and some people who are Bible, and uh, and for me prayer has been very much it has been something I've had to work hard at and um, still still do, um, so uh, it's been a harder thing to cultivate in my life, and I've had seasons I think where prayer has been like quite an intense experience. You can think of like specific prayer meetings, gatherings, rhythms. I was involved in twenty four seven prayer movement for a little while and leading some things locally there and in that and, and that kind of I wonder if that kind of that sort of intensity of prayer maybe suits my I don't know maybe suits my the kind of intensity I live at at times or, or me. But actually, the thing I've needed to work out more has been you know, the, the constant conversation with God, the, the daily rhythm, the, the kind of prayer, you know, pray without ceasing approach. Yeah. And for that, rhythms have helped me most. So, um, you know, I, I still do have an alarm on the phone. It's actually not activated at the minute, but I can remember a couple of years where I, I, I had an alarm at 12 o'clock, I went off every day, and it was simply an interruption to the day to remind me that I, I often pray the Lord's Prayer in that moment, but it was just that sort of idea that you know, involve God in that moment of whatever was going on or to, to give me a, an invitation to prayer um, or an interruption to pray almost. it's um, For me, it's a prayer in the moment. So it's maybe sitting at my desk first thing in the morning and centering myself almost on God and in prayer, here I am, God, you know, and um, sometimes sending an email to someone, you know, and you say, I'm going to be praying for you. And yeah. before I had sent at times that you know try to discipline myself I'm going to pray for them right there and then and um, so uh, yeah I've tried to <coughs> bring God more or bring prayer more into the situations of my life and even sometimes it's been as simple as thank you sorry please that kind of rhythm at the end of a day of just giving me a little handle to reflect on you know right what am I thankful to God for and taking that time to you know I don't mean saying that in a very <laughs> short prayer and you're done in 30 seconds but using that as a kind of way to riff off in prayer and 
um, you know, taking time to, to think and, and to say sorry and to, to intercede for you know for others and, and for the needs and situations in my own life. So, yeah, those are some of the kind of models and uh, rhythms that I try to incorporate in prayer. And I think if you know that something else isn't one of your strengths, mm-hmm. just having those tools to know, like, okay, this is not what I'm good at, but here is something I can use to help me in this particular moment if it's not something that necessarily comes naturally or whatever or having that interruption you're like no this allows me to to do this in this time and funny even just on that sorry I mentioned about reading the bible with others I think praying with others has been good because it disciplines me and you know we've an elders prayer time once a week in, in our church and that's that's been brilliant for me actually to bring the needs of our church in a really focused way before God every week and you know, I could feel guilty that I haven't done it in the other times of the week, or I could say this is a discipline that I'm gonna, <laughs> that's gonna force me in some ways to, to do that. So um, I see that as a positive thing. I think. So. Yeah. Um. So throughout your Christian journey in life, it, it's not always you know sunshines mm-hmm. and, and rainbows and all of those kind of things. So have there been um, hardships that you've faced? Have there been hard times that you've gone through? And how did God help you in those particular moments as you maybe wrestled with? Bible reading and prayer as you were going through something really hard. Yep, um, certainly have had you know ups and downs, spiritual ups and downs too, where I've felt God closer and felt God more distant, and that where I've known that I have been further from God and um, or further certainly from the way God wants me to live or act or move. I have to say, you know, having said that, I have to say though that you know maybe to be honest and say that I don't think I've yet encountered a kind of dark night of the soul that I've heard other people describe and. I suppose I've got to be thankful for that and um, I have had a couple of good friends who have died um, in both cases very suddenly and um, both close you know and that that, that was difficult and um, but in terms of sort of family members and sort of those key crisis moments I have to say I haven't encountered those yet and that's interesting you know even acknowledging that because you know I, I do believe that hardship is for everyone and, and so as I look ahead of my life, I think, you know, actually what the next 10, 20 years I will face um, some of those some of those things or some of those moments. So I'm thankful for that, but I'm aware that, uh, you know, we will face hardship, trial, doubt, you know, loss and grief. Um, but I remember a friend of mine who suddenly experienced or who experienced a really sudden bereavement close to him. And, and he he said a little phrase I've never forgotten. He said, you'll remember in the darkness what you learned in the light. And so when I think of kind of how the Bible guides me in terms of hardship, I don't see it as like a comfort blanket or certainly my story so far is not, the, the you know, have you been able to use the Bible as sort of like a comfort blanket for whenever something bad happens? For me, God's word helps me to understand suffering and, God, and understand that there's a cost of discipleship and that God is still in control and sovereign and, you know, good when, when tough times come. So for me, almost, I believe God uses the Bible both proactively and reactively in people's lives. And for me, it's, you know, and, and certainly in the type of hardship, I believe God is, you know, certainly for some things that I have experienced, difficulties, you know, doubts and all of that, I think God has used his word almost proactively in my life to prepare me for difficulty mm-hmm. before I reach them, rather than hopefully having a sudden crisis and, um, if and when difficulty does arise. So for me, the Bible has helped me, helps me to give, helps, sorry, helps to give me a really good framework and understanding just of exactly who God is. And yeah, 
to trust them in that as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what top tips do you have in, in building your relationship with God? Yeah, I think I think in answering this question is very tempting just to go to, straight to hear some things that we can do. <laughs> and maybe the biggest lesson for me, two big lessons for me in recent years, and I would say these have been like just gradual almost revelations or growing my understanding of this, or is awareness and weakness. So in terms of awareness and building a relationship with God, how aware am I of God in every moment of, of my life? And I think that helps to widen the scope of God's involvement in, in my life in terms of my daily decision making, in terms of um, how I respond to certain moments. So yeah, I, I, you know, bringing God, you know, trying to smash that s- sacred secular divide that, that can sometimes creep in that actually, God, I want to be aware of you in every moment, you know, so as I'm driving along in the car, as I'm going to the meeting, as I'm preparing for something, as I, you know, whatever it is, God, you're here right now, and I'm inviting him into that. And then Especially in the middle of Road Bridge. <laughs> it help, yeah, it might help to, to um, cut that down, who knows. Um, and then also weakness, you know, just, you know, for me, the picture of the Christian life used to be, you know, how... You can become strong in faith, and for me to build a relationship with God, I you know it's common growing and the understand that I am weak and I need Him, and and that causes me to rely on Him rather than to sort of rely on myself. Um, and then probably two things then that you could prioritize or do, and and they're and they sound contradictory, but I think they're two equal sort of opposites that, that we both need and that's the the vitals the the the, the essentialness no 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 <laughs> and that's the vital nature of personal spiritual habits but also the need for christian community so um yeah how much we need to grow those kind of daily devotional habits that no nobody else sees on the other side the the complete importance of christian community and for me, that's been revealed or strengthened in terms of the last couple of years, how much we need the church and how much we need other people. And so I would say, you know, if you want to build a relationship with God, you can't do it without the without the church, without a local church, without a church that you really knows you actually and you can really commit yourself to and involve yourself in. So for me, that, that's been my story of the kind of daily devotional rhythms and habits, meeting God regularly in the Bible and prayer, but also the, the kind of local church and that goes quite da- quite down quite well with, with SU's general <laughs> yeah. aims and vision too, you know. Yeah, it reminds me of a line I read recently, which is God's global garden grows in local plots, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, just the, the local nature of the Christian yeah. life and yeah. the need for community, yeah. yeah. Um, there might be some people who think, oh, well, that's fine for you, Vic, you're like super holy and I've been in ministry mm-hmm. for however many years and you've also written a book, quick plug, what's your book called, Rick? Okay, yeah, so thanks for that. Um, about, uh, t- for the first part, definitely not super holy, and you could ask my wife and children about that. They would uh, certainly back that part up. Um, yeah, so I've written a book called Deep Roots of Resilient Disciples, and actually I'm just talking about two really important habits of personal spiritual disciplines and also the local church, and those are two of the chapters in the book. So it's, it's a book that helps people think, hopefully, about long-haul faith and how to keep following Jesus for the long haul. So maybe those people who are maybe struggling with the idea of the long haul or, or trying to, to get into these rhythms or get into these habits that you've talked about that have really helped you, what 
what advice would you give? What would you say to people who are really struggling to get into that? Mm. Well, I mean, if you're struggling, first of all, we need to know and hear and remind ourselves God's a God of grace. So he's not a God who stands over us and even says try harder. It's it's actually rely on me more, I think, is the um, kind of dominant message from, from God rather than, you know, you need to do more stuff. So I think we need to hear and receive God's grace in that to, again, maybe acknowledge weakness and not think we have it all sorted out and maybe linked to that it's if we want to develop our spiritual habits for instance i think there's a danger that we expect you know so how do we spend an hour of prep hour in prayer every day well actually it's the wrong question that's how you know how could you start with six minutes mm-hmm. or how could you become more aware of god in, in ordinary moments in terms of um, and bringing those to him in prayer as well so don't start don't focus on where you want to be start with where you are and kind of grow from there um, as well. So what habits could you begin? Um, um, so there's a bit of grace, a bit of growth, and then also I'd just say, don't settle for spoon-fed consumer Christianity, you know, where we just- I was expecting another G there, I'll be honest. I was thinking G, are we grace and growth? I thought, yeah, I, I thought you set it up, you set it up. Yeah, I'm trying to <laughs> <laughs> think. No, I'm all like, you go up. Yeah, so yeah, don't, don't settle for just receiving from you know, other people from a distance, so that kind of consumer mentality, but actually we need to learn to spoon feed ourselves. So it's, um, you know, grappling <laughs> with, nice. with grasping the, the spoon, you know, and actually learning to, yeah, to, to read the Bible for ourselves and to, to start there, start with where we are and go from there. He's such a professional, I can just, you know, just pull it out of the back. Honestly, I, don't, I don't think I'd fit it. But <laughs> Uh, thank you so much for sharing with us, Rick. Uh, thus ends the part that, of the answers you prepared for. Okay. And now it is the box of destiny. <laughs> so these are quick fire questions that we finish uh, every time this season. And you get to choose the questions that you answer. Uh, by choosing, you mean picking them out of the box. It's not that you just get, it, get to make up your own question. But um, if you've heard on previous podcasts, we'll see. You might get pr- similar ones that have happened before. Or we may get new ones, and it depends, Rick, how many you really want to go for. We'll, we'll go for five, right? Okay. Because we'll see how many I'm how deeply we get concerned right now. But let's see Do not be deeply concerned. Question. Am I picking this out? Oh, 100%. Out. Okay. Question number one. <laughs> this is a horrendous one. <laughs> what so is it? Number one crush. Yes! <laughs> okay, right. So, my wife. Nice. Good save, but now you can give the honest answer. <laughs> However, I'll, I'll give, that is the honest answer. I'll give you the additional answer, and my wife would answer this part. So, I've certainly been. Oh, jeepers, this is okay to say. I've certainly been enamoured by the athletic ability of Jessica Ennis Hill throughout mm. my life, and I got to meet her a couple of years ago. No way. Yeah, I got the sports me- personality of the year. Sports personality. Sure, I got a photograph. Yes, I, I got a photograph too. I actually went out that night and told Sarah before I left. I said. I'm going to meet Jessica Ennis and she said no way and I had sent her a photo inside about 20 minutes <laughs> so, challenge accepted so yes I would uh, and she's now Jessica Ennis Hill as well but um, no link and uh, some people do say that Sarah looks like her so um, <laughs> but I'm going too far now I don't need to stop we'll edit that out or not as the case may be <laughs> do I keep going here yeah, question, question number two, two. please right. move on from that one um, if you could have a drawstring tagline like Woody from Toy Story, what sentence, key phrases would sum you up? <laughs> it might actually be better to say, what, what do you think other people would say mm. of you? Oh, I don't know. Uh, that, would be, that would worry me. Uh, I think 
Sarah would laugh at that. She, she would say there would always have to, and this may be how I preach and picking up our earlier conversation, there'll probably be three words that begin with the same letter. <laughs> but I don't know. I, I think I would like to think passionate, you know, a, a sort of deep passion and maybe energy. And I'd like to be people, you know, I want to be a people person as well. I don't know whether that's, you know, so. There you go, passionate about people. That's there you go. Exactly. Nice. Two P's as well. Yeah. So great. <laughs> Professional. Question number three, please. Who would you choose to play you in the film of your life? Oh, that's a great question. Tom Hanks. Nice. I just think because... And Jessica as hell as the wife. <laughs> well, <laughs> yes, that's, yeah, yeah. So, so Woody, you pick Woody from the story. We had a thing in lockdown where we just ended up watching so many sort of old classic movies oh, and I think nice. we had about six or seven Saturday nights in a row where it was a Tom Hanks movie you know right. so Apollo 13 one of the <gasps> classic yeah. a few others too my son actually said he wanted to be an astronaut and I said well I've got a great movie to show you <laughs> and you won't want to be an astronaut <laughs> yeah, yeah I didn't tell him that part <laughs> this is real life <laughs> question number four please how many are we going for we'll go for five five right, okay <laughs> oh he's not happy with this one what is it what is it what is it I feel like I need to think about it. What's the lessons taken you longest to learn? Oh, oh. deep. To clean the bathroom after I finished. Well, after I finished with it, <laughs> sorry, I might say. Um, I feel we should next get Rick's wife on to ask for these questions. Uh, that, the, the weakness thing is probably that I mentioned earlier is definitely something I feel like I'm still learning on to rely on God and weakness. I don't know. Um, yeah, I would need to think about that longer to get oh, that. And you'll be glad to hear final question. Right. Ha, dinner party and I can bring four people dead or alive. Who do I bring? No, what we, we mean, whenever you say dead or alive, they don't yes, mean no. dead at the table. <laughs> well, currently yeah. dead, but conveniently yes. alive at the dinner table. <laughs> I feel like I need more time for these things. Jessica and Estelle, uh, surely. <laughs> surely has to be much. Jessica might get an invite, but... Uh, I feel like I've already mentioned her enough. So would it be all from a similar category? Or okay, that, like that's good. Actor, so be like a mm. so th there's no doubt I'd want to have a conversation with Jesus and bring him around the table, partly because he might be a better evangelist than I am as well. <laughs> so uh, there would probably be a, like a leadership element to it, mm. and maybe a, a sporting element in there as well to pick up mm. some of the other kind of loves of other things that I read about. I've actually answered this question before, and this might sound strange, but I'd love, you know, I'd love a conversation with, like an Adolf Hitler, to try to actually get inside, mm. you know, what was going yeah. on in your mind and what, mm. you know, talk to me about that. I know that might cause a bit of a strong reaction. Uh, people like Martin Luther King, in terms of the stand that he took and, and how he he spoke, um, would be an interesting dinner mm. guest. Um, sporting. Role models, Mauricio Pochettino is my favourite manager ever, Spurs manager, for those uh, who don't know who, what I've just said. Thank you for clarifying. <laughs> um, uh, he had a lot of passion, developed a lot of young players, so yeah, that's... It was a good Spurs game at the weekend, actually. We were recording this after the weekend of Man United, who I support against I Spurs. No idea what you're talking about, Phil. Okay, that's <laughs> alright, we'll move on. Three, two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so, is that enough? Is that yeah, that's good, that's good. Yeah. And... Uh, one of one of my role models actually growing up was my granda. He's not alive anymore, so since I can uh, I can bring him back for yeah, this dinner party and conversation, an amazing kind of uh, role model, humble servant, that that type of uh, leader around the church as well. So 
Although I'm not really sure how he, he would go with po- Pochettino <laughs> and Martin Luther King. But, uh, Sounds and, like and a great dinner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And Jessica Ellis on the, on the reserve list. <laughs> on the reserve list. <laughs> Don't let her know that. She's on the reserve list. Yeah. But thank you. Thank you so much, um, Riff, for taking the time out to come and share with us. We really appreciate it. And we hope and indeed pray that what you've shared would spur someone else on in their personal relationship with Jesus. Um, another way you can be spurred on is through our internship. A quick plug for that as well, which is for anyone aged 18 to 25. And all the details for our internship can be found on the website sheni.co.uk. Simply search internship. So if you know of anyone who might be interested, or if you're interested yourself, please spread the word around. And please spread the word about this podcast so more people can know about it and hopefully help others in their walk with God. Uh, hopefully we'll have you listen again to the Scripture Union Northern Ireland podcast. God bless.